All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Coded Switch. I am your co-host, Dr. G, here with, with Toltu, the psychologist. Um, and today we're going to get into, as promised, the, the latter discussions of imposter syndrome and continued discussion of what we started before. And today, specifically, we're going to get into really sort of, does it ever go away? Uh, does it ever dissipate? Does it ever get any better? Uh, what are you so talking we'll, about? Is that my line? <laughs> so we'll dive into all of those topics. We hope you stay with us and join us for the whole episode. Welcome to the Coded Switch podcast, a deep discussion about the experience of intersectionality and vulnerability as it relates to wellness. Hosted by Dr. Galanega Machisa and told to the psychologist. Welcome back to everyone. If you're wondering what we're talking about, we're not talking about my lunch. We're actually talking about imposter syndrome. You know, that feeling of self-doubt that you're like, oh, am I meant to be here? Is this really for me? Everyone's going to know that I'm actually a fraud. It's not the real deal. Um, You know, everyone experiences it from everyone to everyone, really, Uh, except for perhaps some narcissistic people who are like, hey, I'm totally up for this, which I think we need to be, look, let's be fair and friendly. Um, Confidence is an amazing thing. Narcissism is something different. However, there is sometimes you just get that, okay, maybe it's I'm not the right person for the job, which is, I think it's normal, but when do you think it might be a problem? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I think that's, it's, it's something that we touched on last time about like this, what we're, we sort of dissected it a bit and we're talking about specifically because we were, we were talking about the issue of faking it till you make it right. That, that saying, um, and, and getting specific about what the, what we're faking in that it's not necessarily, it's not the qualification. It's not the training. It's not the readiness, but Mm. what's being faked is the confidence. And then going mm. into like, why would somebody need to fake confidence? What is it about right, how, how we are perceived and judged that makes one sort of feel like they need to project that quality, even if it's not there organically at the start of whatever. And that's usually how it goes, because, of course, you gain confidence with experience, but experience takes time. So, um, so yeah. So, what I mean, have, what if you have the experience? That's the other thing. Right. Well, the hope is that with experience, you at least you, you you become a little more comfortable in whatever you're doing in the role, at least. And, and I mean, it has a lot to do with just like how our brains work, really. Right. As yeah. far as, um, you know, when, when there is a learning curve, when you're learning something new, there is an inherent period in that learning where you are a little bit more apprehensive, like the brain, the, especially the prefrontal cortex, it likes order, it likes to place meaning and standing. we like predictability. And so when you are learning something new, obviously there is there is there are a lot of unknowns and your, your brain sort of goes into hyper um hyper awareness, like hyper vigilance almost, where you're sort of trying, anything could mean anything, something in your environment. And so in trying to understand that you, you dial in, you become more alert. Um, and so, and that, that doesn't feel good. It, there is a stress response that happens as a part of it. When you, you be in that vigilant state, you are sort of using your stress hormones like cortisol, and adrenaline, noradrenaline, um, and and so that it's very hard then when you're in that sort of fight or flight mode to to have the calmness and the presence of mind to to you know invoke your your knowledge <laughs> your knowing right and so um it that's it's 
it's something that is a very natural and normal thing that's part of a learning process, but oftentimes we don't uh, we don't give each other the space to yeah. right to to ex- have that unfold naturally. It's almost expected. Like you, if if you know what you're doing, uh, you you shouldn't have any sort of apprehension, or there shouldn't be a learning curve, or you know, I mean. It's something that we, it's a standard that we hold each other to, really. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's safe to say. But uh, I mean, and, and everyone's experience of, of of taking on a new role or, um, you know, I mean, obviously, if, it, if we're talking about like being involved in it or holding a role for a long period of time and still experiencing that, then it may have to do with the apprehension of how you are, you know, if, if there's some dynamic about how you are being perceived and you're worried about how you're being perceived because of things out of sight, outside of your control, like your, your identity, your right. Like ethnic, there, there, there could be things that make you a little more self-conscious that even after adapting to a situation or a circumstance, you still feel that, that sense of, um, right. Like just not feeling quite comfortable or like you're being, uh, taken for the expert or the the for, with the knowledge that you have, right? At, at least that's how I'm thinking about it. I don't I don't know if that resonates or not, but definitely. And I think there's a different there's a different dimension to that too. Sometimes you do feel confident. You know you're the right person for the job, but the situation that you're in makes you question yourself. Yeah, and so <clears throat> that shows up as confusion. Am I really the right person for the job? I know I can do this, but no one else thinks I can. Maybe I'm not cut out for this anymore. And that's right. That's, yeah, that's exactly that's, what I was getting to. And the, the, I think you've said it more poignantly in that it, there's some likely something about the dynamic going on around you that's making that's causing that second guessing of like, well, do I really? <laughs> or yeah, yeah. I mean, I just pl- to speak plainly, what I experience <laughs> very often and you, maybe you share in this experience as well is being a woman of color. Um, you know, in a, in a, what used to be, I can say what used to be a male dominated field. I think it's changing now, um, in, in medicine and as a physician specifically. Um, but, you know, being perceived as, as sort of like the, always the question of, does she really know, does she really know it? Right. Like, and, and, and I know that maybe that could, that's something that was very real for, for a period of time. But now that I've been doing this for approaching a decade, Right. And I, I've at least proven to myself and feel confident within myself. But every every time you engage with a new person, there's still that wondering of I wonder if they I wonder if they're thinking this. Right. Um, at least in you've my had so many experience, you've had so many experiences of that. Yeah. Oh, sir. I mean, especially during like the training period of right, uh, uh, going through medical school and residency. There's something about not yet having the title. Right. I think mm-hmm. that just as human beings, we, we afford a lot more um, respect when there is a title involved. Right. Rightfully mm-hmm. or are not. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to maybe the judge of that. But um, but during the training period, there is definitely you know the assumption that I, I couldn't possibly be the medical student or the resident. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like I must be the nurse or I must be the right. I must be the yeah. tech or some like. There, whatever some some other everyone else but the everyone actual everyone else role. but exactly the the but the physician and you know having those they didn't happen often I'm not going to exaggerate or anything like that but when they did happen it would 
re it would reinforce maybe the 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 perception that I internalized from my experiences growing up as a woman, you know, as a girl of, of color, a black girl, and um, and then internalizing that in my adulthood to to think like I I wonder if this person has a second has a is second guessing me or is doubting me or it. so I think and I, it might not be specific to the experience that I lived at. I might have to, I'm sure it maybe crosses and, and reaches into other avenues, other areas of experience. Um, but yeah. specifically, you know, speaking to what I know, it's something, and it does, like, like I said before, it doesn't happen very often now, but every once in a while I'll encounter maybe somebody or a certain generation or someone of a, you know, you just wonder like, I know it's that, 2023, you know, but I wonder if they're, if they've caught up. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't, the thing is, it's not about frequency, is it? It only needs to happen once. It only needs to happen a couple of times for it always to be in your head. Yeah. And you know how many people listening or even thinking about, you know, our own life experiences, you've seen that look. Yeah. You've seen people don't have to say things to you. It's about not being afforded the opportunity or feeling like you're the token person that you've got to somehow show up. Like you yeah. get a seat at the table. But where on the table are you sitting? You're not mm -hmm. at the head. You're not at the middle. And so sometimes I feel like, and here's the thing, like I know we're talking about imposter syndrome, but part of it is when you're being made to fit into something that wasn't created for you. Right. And I think that's a reality that we also need to speak to as well because the reality is, you know, there are places that are not designed for women. There are, you know, places designed not for black people that are designed just for a certain prototype. Right. And if you don't fit into that, then yeah, you're made to feel like you're the one with the problem. So I think also like, and it comes to, I guess, you know, thinking about does it ever go away? That's what we're, I think that's what we were mentioning at the beginning of the pre-episode. You know, does that stuff go away? It doesn't. It really doesn't. Like it's how you manage the situation and how yeah. you uh, perceive it because the way you perceive will determine what you do. And so there are people who are movers and shakers who say, you know, I'm going to go and change this. And there are others who are like, I don't want part of this. Like, yeah. you know, so, take me out and put me into my own space. And yeah. I'm curious which one you are. Like, I know what I am for myself. I'm like, man, I just tapped out after a while. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here proving myself to people, knowing what I'm good at. I'm just going to create my own space. Yeah. And I did. And now when people come to me, it's on my terms. Like, yeah. I know I'm good at what I'm doing. Right. And when people invite me and I feel like, oh, am I am I getting the vibes that I'm not welcome or that mm -hmm. I'm being second-guessed, then, you know, that's when, you know, sometimes you do need practical strategies. All right, what is it that we do? But I guess I'm interested for you what your take has been on yeah. The experience. Yeah, like, absolutely. I think, yeah, certainly. Now, in my experience, I can say as far as like the does it ever go away, I agree it doesn't go away completely, but I, I it does become less frequent, at, le at least in my personal experience where, and it probably has a lot to do with what you just explained about like reaching a certain point where you're like, it is what it is. This is, you know, like, I know what I, I know what I know. I don't know what I don't know. And, you know, that, that is, it's not static right? That is not a static reality, of course, like, you know, I mean, doesn't I, make you're you always, unwelcome. what's that? It doesn't make you unwelcome, like it, not knowing. It certainly doesn't, but I mean, I think it, it has something to, I mean, this gets really, really deep into human psychology, I think, and this, I definitely, I mean, this is your, your, your realm of things, but, um, but, you know, it has a lot to do with, with our ego and sort of needing to, 
feel Except a certain them. way around certain, right? It has a lot to do with that as far as like how, what we project, what we project mm-hmm. of ourselves and what we project onto other people and, and those sorts of, uh, um, those sorts of dealings. Um, but I mean, I, I, I echo a lot of what you're saying. It's something that is a, a process that is happening for me, I think more recently and just understanding that like, Hey, right. I mean, I, life is, life is, it's finite. Right. And so we, we have a finite amount of time on this earth. And so, you know, you can choose to live in a, in a way that, that leaves you in the lurch all the time, or you can say, you know what, I, I have just, I'm breathing the same air. I'm, I have, I'm having living the same experiences for the most part. Um, and so, you know, you deserve to have your, your niche in your space. And, and I think like, for me, that's been something that's been more recent, but just coming to the the realization that I, I do need my own lane, right? I need my own lane to, to be able to express my experiences, my my perspectives, my, you know, you name it, um, without, without, and it doesn't mean, it's not like in the avoidant kind of way, like avoiding, you know, disagreement. Okay, well, someone disagrees with how I think, so I'm just not going to include them. I mean, I think, I don't think that's helpful either. Um, but also, I mean, you can use up a lot of unnecessary bandwidth on, right. And a lot of unnecessary energy, uh, on, <laughs> on dealing with that, you know, troubleshooting that issue. Um, the issue of like, you know, being just things that are completely unnecessary when you, if you take the big picture of life of like unwelcome, being unwelcomed or being made to feel unwelcome or, um, anything that sort of cuts down at a person. Right. It's mm. just unnecessary to experience. It's something that that is we that happens in social situations um, as social we try to like make our, everything. Absolutely. It's something that happens, I think, because it, it, it lends itself to something deep within our psyche about needing to, you know, about mm. needing hierarchy and like needing to know where you fit in and and trying to gauge yourself and measure up against others around you. I mean, anything that that the bottom line is anything that cuts away at the confidence of another human being is, is just not worth anyone's time. It's just not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, and it's so yeah. easy to say on, it's so easy to say once you've had those 10 years of experiences, but when you were that intern, when you were, you know, oh, the new doctor on the block. And I think, yeah. you know, here's the thing I work with, quite a few doctors and a lot of them come to me, believe it or not, for anxiety. Yes, and so you, know, you can imagine imposter syndrome and anxiety, mm-hmm. pl- you know, plays into one another. But also if you've got this idea that you don't want to be criticized because the work that you do is so important that if people put you down, that's like life and death for some mm-hmm. people. So they don't want criticism at all. They don't yeah. want to be questioned at all because a big criticism, small criticism, we just sort of amalgamate it into one. So even the smallest feedback can make someone feel completely crushed. And I think as a medical professional, as in from my experience, you know, treating doctors, is that what they'll do is they'll be so rigid, right, about what should happen and what expectations of them are to the point that they're allowing people to set boundaries for themselves. And so all of a sudden other people are choosing whether you're good or not. You get a 360, what's it called, evaluation and like you get some negative feedback and, you know, people tell you all these great things, you focus on the negative stuff. 
um, which you can, but you shouldn't allow that to overtake you either. It's what you do with it that matters. What you do with the critique matters. What you do with the story that you tell yourself matters because the stories will just keep coming to you. It's what you do with it. And I think that's what's missing from a lot of the conversation around imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's interesting this past week I was having a discussion with a patient who we weren't talking about her specifically, but um, a family member of hers is also a physician and was, you know, she was, as we were doing family history, was telling me about sort of, um, you know, just the, the, the things that, that her family member deals with being a physician and, and sort of what it's, what it's brought out of them and, and, how like their approach to life. And and I, and I was telling her because I resonated with a lot of it, first of all, right. I resonated yeah. with a lot of what she was yeah. saying about her family member. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I think let's level here. I think there is, and of course I did some reflection on this as well afterwards. There is a, a profile of a person, right. Who is drawn to the medical field. There is a profile. And I think within that profile, there are certain personality traits that might lend someone to be more susceptible to, you know, to criticism to the, right. Because, and that it doesn't, the culture of, of the field is also something that is really, really important to, I mean, we all, anyone who practices medicine on, in a, I think at least in your training, maybe not like once you, once you go into your specific discipline, it might vary as far as the level of risk that is inherent to the work that you do. Obviously for some, you know, for like surgeons, it's really high. The, the level of, you know, the risk that they're dealing with on a daily basis versus, you know, someone that's maybe just doing, um, I mean, like, you know, uh, talk therapy or something like that. There, there's, there's still things that can go wrong, but the, the risk of like to life and limb is not as, dire as it is among surgeons. Um, but still like there, there is this ever, ever present understanding that there, especially during training, that there's something, there are things that you can do or not do that can significantly affect someone, a human being's life. Right. And so I think that's, that's the starting point. We're all starting from that starting point. And because of that, um, and this probably exists with, with, people with maybe pilots or, you know, people who, who, who hold people's lives in their hands with their daily responsibilities. Um, it, it, it makes, it sets up sort of, uh, an atmosphere of just no, no excuses, no, um, no room for error. No. And of course that's, that's inconsistent with being human, right? It's mm-hmm. just, you, yeah. We would love to have no error. Uh, it's it's a you know lofty again, ideal. That, even it, and I think it literally on that point, there's rupture everywhere. The question is how you repair it. So even if someone's coming in on a stretcher dying, yeah, how are you going to try and repair that? And I think sometimes, you know, th- there's not enough conversation about that. Maybe more so in like you know uh, up and coming generations of like physicians, but. You know, for most people, even like physicians have personal lives too, right? So sometimes it's not about the, it's about sort of recognizing that you can repair a lot of situations, even if it's not ideal. And so that idea of I'm not good enough, therefore I'm not going to try, therefore I'm going to be so anxious, therefore I'm not going to do anything at all, really just feeds into that stereotype that's been placed about you. So definitely there are, there are things you can do about it, but I think 
let's be really upfront about how debilitating like imposter syndrome can be, particularly if it's affecting your career choices, your friendships, uh, whether you speak up or not. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, and I think, you know, like I said, it, it, I I think that as human beings, at least if you are introspective and you, you take the time to gauge what's going on with yourself, right. It, you, you start to reach a point where it feels like it's just, it, it's demanding too much, right. It's demanding too much energy, too much thought, too much bandwidth to, to, to have to, consider all the things that like what you just mentioned that you that someone who's sort of living out and feeling imposter syndrome is feeling and so that's that's I would hope at least is part of the reaching a certain point and just not having the energy to do it anymore and so real like just coming to the understanding that there must there has to be another way there has mm-hmm. to be another way of getting of of getting yeah. through like there I I yeah. always doubting always questioning second guessing self censoring there's, it has to stop. It, there, it, it's at it, least, I mean, like I said, this does require it, it a, a certain amount of, yeah, it, it does require a certain amount of, of introspection. So if that's not present in someone, then it's going to be a lot harder. Certainly. Mm. It will certainly be a lot harder to reach that place in that point. But um, if there is even just a little bit of like, you know, just the understanding or the feeling that like when I'm yeah. around this this dynamic, it doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel what's not okay. Well, what's not feeling good about this? What is it? Right? And just and asking the question, can, asking, you know, why five times, they always say, like, to get to a root cause, you ask five whys. Yeah. Um, well, why is that? Well, why is that? And then hopefully, like, lead to an understanding of, okay, well, it's, it's not. And, and this doesn't mean that as individuals, we have, we couldn't possibly have any room for improvement. Right. Of mm. course we do. And, and, yep. and there is a role for constructive criticism and, 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 you know, trying to suggestions or perceptions that are in, yeah. in really good faith, trying to help someone to become the better, the best ver- version of themselves. There yeah. is, there is space for that. But um, when it's simply sort of like a, just a dynamic that is continually and of course, I think what we're, what we're skirting around here is is power dynamic right that's a big that's a big part of of everything that we live out whether it's in your personal relationships or professional relationships power dynamic is is it's real it's right it's real exactly and so uh, we probably have to do a uh an episode on that something just really oh okay we'll, we'll get your sister to cut that bit out um I think we should continue this conversation and maybe do a part on what to do. If you're, if you're overwhelmed by these feelings of I'm not good enough or I'm not going to apply for the job or I don't know what to say back or I know what to tell them but I something's just stopping me, there's definitely a way around that and I think we should give that some space as well. I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So we're just about out of time for this episode. Um, thank you so much, as always, for joining us on another episode of the coded switch. So next time we'll get into dive into things a little more deeply um, as it relates to everything that told you just mentioned. And of course, look out for uh, more episodes on Apple, Spotify, Spotify, excuse me, Stitcher and other major outlets for podcasts, as well as YouTube. If you'd like to see our faces. <laughs> and, We've got uh, something for everybody. All right. We'll see you next, we'll see you next time, folks. Bye.